Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your lawn and garden in shape. We do it right, too, with deals to help you save every day, like four bags of premium mulch now for just $10. And buy one one-and-a-half-cubic-foot bag of miracle Grow vegetable and herb garden soil. Get a Bonnie Basics plant for free. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 5-1 while supplies last. Bonnie offer valid on select 11.8-ounce pots. Valid in-store only. See store for details. U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. This is the Off the Glass Podcast, bringing a fresh, intelligent thought perspective to the game of basketball. I'm your host, Z. Thanks for joining me today, listening in, tuning in on my first podcast. And I thought it'd be a great opportunity, a great time. It's an exciting time in the NBA. A lot of player movement, a lot of exciting teams being built. So I figured, why not start my own podcast right now this season? And on this first episode, we're going to do a, a run-through, short preview of the upcoming season. We're going to talk about a handful of teams, talk about a few topics, also talk about what I think are some of the MVP candidates for this upcoming season will be. So without further ado, we're going to jump right into it. And I'm going to first touch on the Oklahoma City Thunder, who was able to re-sign Russell Westbrook as he inked his name to the largest, most lucrative deal in NBA history, a little bit over $230 million, making him the highest-paid player in the league, and he was able to retain last year's MVP. And to me, this puts all the pressure on, on Westbrook and for the future of the Thunder franchise. I think it also indirectly puts some pressure on Paul George because if they're successful – Let's say they make it all the way to the conference finals or because of seeding, they get Golden State in the second round and they push them to a competitive seven games. I mean, are you Paul George? Do you up and leave now and say, hey, I'm going to go out to to the Lakers and try to rebuild or I'm going to stay here and play with a dynamic player like Westbrook? I think if they're successful, you can also get Carmelo Anthony to opt in. I mean, he's due 20-some-odd million dollars next season and He's coming towards the end of his career in a way. Does he get another big deal? Does he chance that? I think he kind of restructures and does an, uh, another kind of lucrative deal where he gets a nice sum of money but nowhere near a max deal. But I think you now you can even convince Melo to stay. I think last year in New York was one of those situations for Melo where he definitely got the shorter end of the stick because of – what a joke the organization was, how Phil Jackson, who's supposed to be a legend in the game of basketball, how unprofessional he was in the media and dragging Melo's name through the mud and trying to put all of the problems off on Melo when it came to the New York franchise. So I think it kind of humbled Melo indirectly, and I think it was able to allow him to focus himself mentally, uh, spiritually, and also physically to really get in incredible shape and give himself a fresh start out here in OKC. And I think he kind of gives them that third score that they were were lacking because prior to this move, I didn't think Westbrook and George alone necessarily put them in that second spot uh, over the Rockets or even the San Antonio Spurs. But when you bring in a player like Melo, who's obviously one of the, the most gifted scorers I've ever seen, who can shoot the three, put it on the floor, has a nice post-up game still to this day, has a decent mid-range game as well. And then you bring in Paul George, who's a two-way player who can score the ball. And then you had the dynamics of Westbrook. If Westbrook is able to dial it back 
and play within himself and not above the team. I still expect him to lead them in scoring uh, at about 26, 27 points a game, but I'm more concerned about the amount of shots he takes. If he takes about 17, 18 shots a game, I think the Thunder bowl well for this upcoming season. I think Paul George should be right there second in scoring at about 25 a game, and Melo should be around 22, 23. Now, people have been saying in the media and in sport in the basketball world that Paul George is kind of going to be the odd man left out because you kind of know what Melo brings to the table and the reputation he brings and, you know, the idea of him being a superstar and Paul George not. But I think for them to be successful, not so much what it looks like, but I think for them to be successful, Paul George has to be that number two option. And then Melo is so gifted offensively anyway. There's 48 minutes to a game. If he can just figure out how to get in where he fit in, he scores the ball so well that he'll be able to get his numbers with no problem. And then they was able to also lock up Andre Robinson, one of the best wing defenders um, for at the number two. They're going to have Steven Adams that can bang bodies down there, get you some rebounds. They have... Uh, Patterson coming off the bench, who's one of the best plus minus guys in the league. And you still have the athletic uh, power four, small four, and Grant as well. They had to give up Oladipo, Sabonis, and the Paul George trade. They gave up Cancer. They was able to get off that huge contract and that money. And um, Doug McDermott and a second-round pick to acquire Melo. So I think Sam Presti has solidified and locked up GM of the year with the moves he was able to pull off and and do this season in the Thunder. It is kind of head-scratching, though, how I read on Twitter that they were prepared to possibly play the luxury tax this year and wasn't prepared to pay it in years past when they had James Harden, Obaka still, along with Kevin Durant. But I don't want to – beat that dead horse I the rules were a little bit different there as far as my knowledge and my understanding so maybe that factor into it maybe it didn't but hey they realized that maybe it was a mistake that they didn't pay the luxury tax and keep that team together and now they want to do everything they can to keep uh their superstar player and Russell Westbrook in Oklahoma City and keep him happy and that's why he went out and made the moves that he made now I mentioned how I thought Houston was going to be the number two team and the reason why I thought that was that they were able to trade for Chris Paul. And Daryl Morey did a fantastic job being able to look at the rules and kind of use them in a way that nobody was able to use them before as far as doing trades. He traded a bunch of players to a bunch of different teams, didn't have to give up anything of, of major value or significance to get a player at Chris Paul who may be on the – the coming down out of his prime, but it's not like he's not that far from his prime. Still an elite defender, elite ball handler, elite leader. He's going to fit in just fine. I'm not worried about him and Harden getting getting along. Everybody was trying to figure out how two ball-dominant point guards was going to coexist. And if anything we haven't learned in this new era of NBA basketball and just basketball period, you know, the position this basketball is what's in vogue now. You want a bunch of playmakers on the floor, people who can pass the ball, shoot the ball, and just do a lot of different things. You're still going to have a couple guys with the specialty uh, stuff like a, a Robertson on defense, maybe somebody like a um, – trying to think who's somebody who's elite at something. You know, maybe your elite shooters or a, a Tristan Thompson who's an elite rebounder. But if the rest of your players, you know, your three main guys and even that fourth can make plays, as we see in Golden State, it makes you to be very dangerous on the court and be very successful. So 
by them bringing in Paul, that's what I think the thinking was because there was a huge drop-off when James Harden went to the bench last year. So now they'll be able to stagger the minutes with Paul and Harden so they don't fall off the cliff so much. They both can shoot the three off the catch really well. Chris Paul is coming off a season where he shot 50% from the over from the three from the catch-and-shoot position. He also shot in the 40s for his career. Harden is right there around 38% last season on the catch-and-shoot three. You still have Gordon there. You was able to re-sign Nene. You added Tucker and Bob Mute from the Clippers. Tucker can also step out and shoot that corner three. He's going to bring some toughness. He can play defense. He can guard multiple positions along with Bob Mute. They also going to have that length on the perimeter. They kept. They still have Trevor Ariza. Clint Capella is your center who can is a great rim runner, energy guy, pick and roll guy, alley oop guy who can finish over the top and then. Even though he uh, presents matchup problems on the defensive end and Ryan Anderson, he could still stretch the floor and give Houston that spacing that made them one of the best offenses in NBA history. They had the top offense last year, but they were statistically the best, one of the best offenses, excuse me, in uh, NBA history. So I think it's going to be close between, depending on the seating and the matchups, but I, I expect. Uh, Houston and OKC to be right there behind Golden State and just going to touch on Golden State real quick I mean we're not gonna we already know that they're defending champs Uh, the talent that they have is already disgusting and then as a great organization um, does they go out and add Omer Caspi who's an athletic wing that could play a couple of positions because Golden State loves to switch everything on defense they keep Jordan uh, um, they keep David West they uh, re-signed Zaza. Um, they were able to bring in Jordan Bell, the rookie who they just stole from the Bulls as the Bulls just gave him up for cash. And he he's going to be, I think, one of the steals of this draft. He's a athletic guy, an energy guy. He was the backbone and heart and soul of that Oregon team that made it all the way to the championship this year and came up a little bit short. I think he could have played this year and contributed for the Warriors this past season. Excuse me, not this year, but this past season when they made it to the finals. I think he could have got some minutes. Um, they had Patrick McCall still there. They lose Ian Clark, but they were able to re-sign Livingston and Eagle Dollar, which was their, has been the main core of their team the last few years outside of Draymond Green, Steph Curry, and Klay Thompson. So uh, I expect Golden State to still be the, the prohibited favorite going into the season this year. As far as who's coming out the East with the big deal that was made between the Boston Celtics and the Cleveland Cavaliers as they were able to trade Kyrie Irving, IT, Isaiah Thomas, Isaiah, of course, going to Cleveland and Kyrie joining the Celtics. The Celtics were also able to add Gordon Haywood as well, which kind of got overshadowed in the Kyrie deal. And, you know, with with Jalen Brown getting minutes last year and it looks like he's going to step in and play that shooting guard position since they traded Avery Bradley for Marcus Morris, who comes over to the team and fills that spot that Jay Crowder vacated and keeps that toughness there. And statistically, he's been one of the better defenders against LeBron James. Of course, I'm not saying he stops LeBron James. You don't stop Hall of Fame once-in-a-generation type talent, but he at least makes it hard for him. You still have Horford there, who most people think he didn't have a good season because of the kind of money he's being paid, but – for what he meant to that team and what he brings to that team, I thought he had a really good season last year. You have Rozier coming off the bench still, and then you still have Marcus Smart there. And if Kyrie, who has all the tools to be a halfway capable defender, if he's able to show that, then that means um, 
Smart doesn't necessarily have to take all the tough matchups that he used to take last year or Avery Bradley would take because of Isaiah Thomas' liability on defense. The key is going to be can Smart make enough enough open shots to kind of warn his ability to stay on the court. If he's making shots and not saying Jalen Brown is, I just feel like the Celtics play a little bit better with Smart on the court. If he can make shots, then he's going to get those minutes down the stretch late in games. And then they drafted – the one-and-year, one-and-done guy out of Duke and Jason Tatum, who already has NBA elite-level footwork, 6'8", long arms, athletic guy. Um, I, I think he's going to step in and contribute right away because his talent is just that good. I know history shows that those one-and-done first-year guys kind of tend to start out strong and then possibly fade or struggle with the exception recently of Christoph Porzingis and Carl Anthony Towns. But I think Tatum is going to be one of those guys that's going to be right in there too that can really step in and contribute right away. Cleveland it has a just a bunch of question marks, mainly because of Isaiah Thomas's hip. I mean, this deal almost didn't go through, and it wasn't until Boston added another pick that they did get uh, Cleveland to take Isaiah Thomas's contract. And you know, this was an example of why I side with the players in sports. There's no loyalty in sports. This topic came out and was talked about a lot this past summer about, you know, Kyrie shouldn't have wanted to leave Cleveland and he should play, play with LeBron and he just wants to be the man and he's not loyal and LeBron questioning his loyalty. First of all, just because you're making millions of dollars does not mean that this is not their job. That's number one. Secondly, we live in a capitalistic society there's no love. There's no loyalty in, co- in capitalism. If that was the case, we wouldn't have the huge wealth gap that we have between the, the rich and the poor if it was so much loyalty going on. And at the end of the day, I just feel like Kyrie wanted stability. I mean, Cleveland has been an unstable, dysfunctional franchise. LeBron James is talent, and a talent like that tends to cover up a multitude of sins, but they've had four general managers, four different coaches, Dan Gilbert has never gave a general manager uh, a second contract. And that's why when Kyrie put that list out, I think if people would have stepped back, used some perspective, take a time out to think, I think they would have saw that Kyrie was speaking to the kind of player he ultimately sees himself and wants to be. That's why he had Popovich on his list. That's why he had Fibido in Minnesota on his list. That's why he had Eric Spolster on his list in Miami. And I think ultimately that's why he picked Boston because – he loves Brad Stevens, who's one of the best coaches in the NBA. He runs great things. He designs great stuff coming out of timeouts. And I think Kyrie, for once, just wanted to be in a stable organization, a stable franchise when he could come to work just like everybody else and do his job, do it at a high level, and then go home. Like I said, I think what gets lost in all this because fans are, you know, short for fanatic and you know, just because they believe the color of their team, that they feel like these players should have to do the same thing. And we lose perspective because at the end of the day, they do make a lot of money. And that's another discussion for another day. But this is their job. And who doesn't want to come to work and feel comfortable? So I kind of understood where Kyrie was coming from. You know, also was calling the question his leadership. And one of those things I think about leadership is either you have it or you don't. Either it's something you're born with or something you don't have. I don't think you acquire leadership like that. You know, it was well documented that early on in his career, they wanted him to be a leader and he felt like he wasn't ready. And I mean, I don't think I blame him at 18, 19 years old coming into the league and really trying to learn and, you know, find your way and develop your own self and make a name for yourself. You know, some people don't want to be burdened down by leadership. And, you know, I really feel like if Kyrie comes in with a 
positive attitude, works hard like he always does, and just has the right mindset that the leadership thing will take care of himself. I mean, they have a strong locker room. They have veterans all over that locker room. So the leadership thing should not be an issue. But back to Cleveland, I mean, I thought when the trade was initially made, I thought Cleveland won the trade because I liked the pieces kind of fitting better for their team. They were able to pick up Crowder, who's on one of the best contracts in the league. And But I did not realize, and I don't think anybody knew, except for maybe some insiders, how bad Isaiah Thomas was hurt. But now with them talking about he probably won't be back to the All-Star break, I mean, will him and LeBron have time to get on the same page? And then they also just um, signed D-Wade after he was bought out by the Chicago Bulls. Can they all get on the same page? And then it puts pressure on Derrick Rose to have to start at, at the point guard position. I know they've been talking about maybe Dwayne Wade playing at some point. I don't, I don't anticipate that happening. Uh, I mean, Derrick Rose is coming off one of his best seasons since, you know, the, the multiple knee injuries. But let's not forget, he didn't finish the season last year because he had to have his meniscus uh, repaired and looked at. And um, I saw a lot of those Knicks games because for the for some odd reason, they just kept putting New York on TV. And even though his numbers look good, the eye test really didn't didn't, didn't look great. Um, him and Melo pl- took turns playing hero ball and really didn't get – Porzingis involved enough to my liking as somebody who's played the point guard position. Um, it was just them taking turns, taking shots, in a lot of cases, shooting the Knicks out of game. So I'm not quite sure what he even has left in the tank. Um, he said all the right things. Um, he is a Chicago native, so of course I'm rooting for him, being from Chicago myself, But and he's in a contract year, but just a lot of question marks. And again, if everybody optimistically is able to get on the same page, everybody's healthy, I respect LeBron's greatness that much, even though he's in year 16, that I still think ultimately in a seven-game series where I always tell people this is not the NCAA tournament, this is not single-game elimination. You always have to ask yourself, can that team beat the other team four times? And with a healthy Cleveland team, I'm going to put my money on LeBron James every time. So if they're healthy and gelling and playing at a high level – I think they come out to out the East ultimately, and then we have that fourth matchup between them and the Golden State Warriors. But it's going to be close to see because, I mean, the injury that Isaiah suffered is one of those career-ending type hip injuries. A lot of guys have had that injury and not come back um, or um, was kind of a shell of themselves. Um, some of the guys had it early enough where they were able to go on and have productive careers like LaMarcus Aldridge, but – a lot of guys had this injury, and it's not a, a, a injury that you can just take lightly and just kind of say he'll be back. The key for the Cavs is can Love step up and be that second option? I think he can. I think he's in the right mind state. They don't have a choice. They're going to have to get him back to being the, the Kevin Love that he was in Minnesota and not the Kevin Love we've seen in Cleveland the last few years when all he was a pick-and-pop big and a guy who hung out in the corner and shot threes to stretch the floor. You still have Corver. J.R. Smith is going to be able to start the season. We forget that he didn't play the whole season last year. He he missed a good portion of the beginning of the season because of his injury. Um, you still have Shumpert there to kind of play some defense, even though they were trying mightily, I mean trying hard to trade Shumpert and get off that contract. But it looks like he's going to stick, stick and stay. You still have Thompson with the rebounds. You bring in Jeff Green. Not quite sure how that moves the needle. Jeff Green is what I like to call the ultimate Layup line player it looks great in warm ups, doing all the dunks, the step back, the shots, but it doesn't seem to carry over and translate to games. Maybe LeBron can bring something out of Jeff Green and get him to play at a high level. All that remains to be seen. But, you know, just 
I think that, again, it's going to come down to ultimately Boston and Cleveland. That's not to shortchange Washington. I love Washington's starting lineup, but outside of Kelly Oubre coming off the bench, they don't have a bench. And even though we're in this era of a lot of these NBA teams are very thin um, when it comes to that bench because they're trying to load up on superstars to kind of keep pace with Golden State, and they're using mid-level exceptions and veteran minimums and trying to strike it rich in the draft. But Washington has one of the thinnest benches. To me, the for shot uh, for Washington to really have a shot to be considered really making it to the to the Eastern Conference Finals and possibly to the NBA Finals, John Wall has to play out of his mind and have an NBA caliber MVP type season. And I'm going to get to my MVP. MVP candidates in just a moment, and he's definitely one of them. But that's the only way I see Washington playing at a high level and being extremely successful is if John Wall can play at that MVP level. Toronto's going to be right there. Milwaukee's going to be right there because Milwaukee has an MVP candidate again in Giannis. Nothing but high upside. Um, I know he just lost his father this week. Uh, prayers and blessings and condolences to his family. Um, my understanding is he passed unexpectedly. So, Hopefully he's able to get back with the team soon and get himself in the right mental space to be able to go out and compete this season. I mean, is Jabari Parker going to come back healthy? I'm rooting for him. Again, another Chicago native, but I've just never seen and heard of anybody coming back from a second ACL tear in the same knee. But, hey, maybe he could be the first one to to do it, and I'm rooting nothing for him but the best, you know, um, I hope I hope that he's able to to kind of get back to that form because if you get him out there, you have Giannis, you have Thon Maker, you know, Militant, uh, Chris Milton is going to come back and play a full season after missing time last season with his major injury. So Milwaukee is going to be one of those teams that's going to be right there. Toronto was able to keep their core by resigning Kyle Lowry, uh, Serge Ibaka. They brought in C.J. Miles. Can Norman Norman Powell take the the next step? Um, when they get some out of their draft pick from last year, uh, uh, Portal out of Utah, and then De- DeMar Rosen. Is this the year that DeMar Rosen shoots threes? He says he's been working on it. And if he's able to knock down some threes and kind of space the floor, that gives them another added dimension because he's one of the best scorers in the league um, right now. So he's able to stretch the floor. That's nothing but a positive for Toronto going forward. So, But I think at the end of the day, if I was to pick my my top teams for each conference, the West, of course, Golden State, OKC, Houston. Um, the Spurs are going to be right there because you have the two-way uh, MVP player in Kawhi Leonard. But, again, are they going to get anything out of LaMarcus Aldridge? Is this the year he finally gets comfortable and really steps up and be an all-star type player? Um, they re-signed Patty Mills. They re-signed Paul Gasol. They brought in Rudy Gay, but he's coming off the Achilles injury. And we know that's an injury not to be taken lightly. Um, is is Devont, Delont, Devontae Murray ready? He got some really, really good minutes as a rookie last year. I guess the good news is that Tony Parker has been cleared for five on five, but they don't expect him to know November. I mean, Tony Parker is the same age as me. So, I mean, he's pretty long in the tooth right now. But, again, I don't knock uh, Greg Popovich. I have ultimate respect for that organization. They're an organization that's always ahead of the game, ahead of the curve. And, I got a feeling, a sneaking suspicion that somebody on that team, on that roster that we didn't expect is going to have a great season, and that's going to be able to get them over the hump. And speaking of that, too, also I almost forgot, can Danny Green bounce back? He didn't really have a, a good season either last year. So 
I think the Spurs are going to be right there because I have that much respect for Popovich. Denver was able to acquire Millsap, which was huge for them because they were knocking on the playoffs last year as the AC. So you now pair him with with, with Jokic. You have uh, Gary Harris over there that everybody's high on. You have Murray. Uh, Moutier, even though it was the first game of the preseason, his shot looked a lot better. So if he's able to knock down shots and take that next step and be the the point guard and lead that team and be the talent that we all expected him to be when he was coming into the draft a couple years ago. But as it stands right now, they're probably going to end up starting Jameer Nelson at point. You still have Chandler at the small forward. Um, and down in New Orleans, can Davis and Cousins jail and play together? You was able to re-sign Drew Holiday to, to a, a lucrative contract. Um, but it's really going to be can Davis and, Col- and Cousins coexist on the court does Cousins stay there for the whole season? I mean, his name has been floated in trade rumors. I think now we're pretty much set, but that still kind of dangles out there. You know, I think it's big for them to have a good season if they have any hopes of um, holding on to Antonio, uh, Antonio Davis, <laughs> Anthony Davis long term. Um, in Portland, you know, they're going to be exciting. C.J. McCollum, Dame Lillard. Possible MVP candidate, Dame Lillard, um, most exciting, one of the more exciting backcourts in the league. Um, They're going to have a full training camp to play with uh, with Jurkic, who was who came in last year from from Denver. So they're going to be exciting. Um, but ultimately in the East, I think it's going to come down to, to Boston, Cleveland, Washington, Toronto, Milwaukee kind of right there a little bit. Um, everybody's going to be excited to see the Sixers play this year. Can they stay healthy? Can Joel Embiid play the whole season? Can Ben Simmons play the whole season as he missed his entire rookie season with the foot injury? I'm excited to see how Markel Fultz plays. I think he's a athletic uh, guard already being compared to Tracy McGrady, which, you know, kind of let's slow down a little bit. Let's kind of give the young fella a chance to get acquainted, make a name for himself. But I'm, at, I'm actually anxious to see – I saw him in summer league before he, he sprained the ankle and they shut him down. And he looked really good being on the court where he had adequate spacing. Didn't understand what uh, Lorenzo Romar was doing with him out in Washington last year as he continually played two bigs at the same time. So the court was always clogged. But he was still able to get to the basket um, at will a lot of those games, even though the record wasn't great. I, I like what I saw from Fultz. Um, they still have um, Sarich there. Um, just a real up-and-coming, um, exciting team. Do they make the playoffs? Um, not quite sure, but if everybody stays healthy, they definitely have a legit shot. Oh, go back to the West Coast. I almost forgot real quick. I mean, we're talking about superstars changing teams or stars changing teams. Jim, Jimmy Butler left Chicago and um, is now part of the Minnesota Timberwolves. And can his leadership rub off on Wiggins is the big question to me because if they can get Wiggins to be that two-way player – which we know he has the athletic capability to do, that takes uh, Minnesota to the next step. And to me, I think they make the playoffs this year because I expect nothing but great things from from Towns. I know he's going to continue to improve into that superstar that we know, an MVP-type player that ultimately we know he could be. Um, they added Jeff Teague as they move on from Ricky Rubio. They bring in the veteran at Paul Ford and Taj Gibson. So I like the pieces that Minnesota has over there. And if everything – breaks right for them, I think they can sneak into that eighth seed and make the playoffs this year. So real quick before we wrap, that brings us to the MVP candidate discussion of this podcast and don't really have a long list. I mean, I don't have any mind-blowing names. I'm just adding 
um, Damian Lillard to the list, but I have Westbrook, KD, LeBron, um, Harden, Leonard, Curry, John Wall, and as I stated, Damian Lillard, not in particular order, just the names as I was just thinking them off the top of my head. Westbrook, of course, is your reigning MVP. I think his level of play is going to obviously stay at the at a high level. Kevin Durant, some would say, including myself, I thought he was the MVP last year, playing like the MVP until he got hurt. Is this the last that we could see LeBron really push to be a legitimate MVP? Can he get that? That that I believe that would be his fifth MVP that he's been chasing the last few seasons. Can Leonard Leonard break through and get an MVP because he had an MVP type season last year as a two way player? Um, Curry was able to get back after him and Kevin Durant kind of got adjusted to playing each other to his MVP type type level. And again, like I said earlier, for Washington to even have to me a shot to do really good things. I mean, they're going to make the playoffs, but do really really good things, next level things. They're going to need John Wall to play at an MVP-type level, which I think he's capable of doing. And if he's able to do that, especially on the on the defensive end, then I don't see why he can't uh, be an MVP candidate. So, But that's going to bring this episode to a close. This has been your host, Z. Thanks for joining me today on this day. Make sure you go over and follow me on Twitter at ZJ at the Off the Glass. Uh, you can go on to my website at theofftheglasspodcast.com. The email address is offtheglass at theofftheglasspodcast.com. And, of course, you can subscribe on iTunes. Um, Spreaker is going to be hosting the podcast. So you can go over and search on the website Spreaker. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. And look, search in for The Off The Glass Podcast. Again, follow me on Twitter at ZJ at The Off The Glass. And then, of course, the email address if you have any questions, comments, or any show suggestions at Off The Glass at The Off The Glass Podcast.com. So stay safe out there. This is your host, Z. Peace. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your lawn and garden in shape. We do it right, too, with deals to help you save every day, like four bags of premium mulch now for just $10. And buy one one-and-a-half-cubic-foot bag of miracle Grow vegetable and herb garden soil. Get a Bonnie Basics plant for free. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 5-1 while supplies last. Bonnie offer valid on select 11.8-ounce pots. Valid in-store only. See store for details. U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your lawn and garden in shape. We do it right, too, with deals to help you save every day, like four bags of premium mulch now for just $10. And buy one one-and-a-half-cubic-foot bag of miracle Grow vegetable and herb garden soil. Get a Bonnie Basics plant for free. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 5-1 while supplies last. Bonnie offer valid on select 11.8-ounce pots. Valid in-store only. See store for details. U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii.